Hi, and welcome to Women in the Business Arena. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Shuk Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Every week, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We reframe the lens on business so women just like you know how to achieve not just success, but fulfillment and freedom. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs, mothers, and multiple business owners how to conquer the business arena. And the thousands of women we have worked with have given us insights and wisdom to share with you. We get honest, vulnerable, and real about what we've seen and experienced. We would love for you to join us in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. And if you want to get even more support, visit womeninthebusinessarena.com. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Laura Shuck-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hello, my friend. How's it going? It's going well. I'm actually on a little trip with the family, experiencing the bigger family, and you know how that goes. (laughs) (laughs) Extended family. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's a party. Um, Yeah, and I'm actually really excited about our topic today. We... We thought we would talk about how business is more than a laptop and an idea. <laughs> so, so let me tell you where this sort of inspiration came from. I was uh, reading an article today that was talking about how um, there's a lot of millennials who, like 50% from the, their survey, who believe they're going to be millionaires. And, you know, there is um, sort of a lot of impractical reality around their sort of financial stability. And what I thought was really interesting is that, you know, a lot of people were commenting on this article and talking about how really all you need to succeed is a laptop and an idea. And I thought that was such an interesting thing to explore because as Laura and I know from years and years and years in the business world, you need so much more than a laptop and an idea. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I, I think that in our culture, we're always kind of skimming along this brink of like, um, kind of eternal optimism. That's great. Mm. And that's like, just take the leap and start and you can be a millionaire and do all the things. And then there's like, but there's the reality of what it means to really, what do you, what do you need to do? What skills do you need to acquire? Um, like, what do you really need to do to get there and that struggle is going to be a part of getting there too. So we can be optimistic about doing it all, but we have to be also really clear that life is about up and downs and it's about a whole lot more than a laptop and an idea. So yeah. I, I, I'm excited to kind of just go into this conversation and see what comes from both of our musings on this topic. Yeah. And I think, I I know, I think some of this comes from the internet world, right? As Laura and I talk a lot about, you know, there's, it is all about sort of these perceptions that we see on Facebook or Instagram or, you know, what things look like. And, you know, as I've talked many, many times, when you start to see behind the scenes of businesses, and I've seen thousands, you know, you really get to see sort of the nitty gritty, the raw, the reality of what's behind those images, because, you know, everyone's talking about how easy it is to make money and be rich and, you know, but it's interesting 
to start to probe into what were their circumstances, you know, if, if it is actually someone who has money and who's made it big, right? Because that's the other thing you have to really look at. You know, then you have to look at their circumstances. Did they have sort of a leg up? Did they already have a lot of influence? You know, sometimes it's men who have already a lot of privilege, you know, so then you have to kind of look at, you know, what are all the details and the circumstances surrounding these situations so that we stop living in this illusion and start living in more in reality. And I'm not trying to be pessimistic, right? I feel like sometimes I'm this sort of pessimistic person out there in the world telling people it is so much harder like, <laughs> than, than you think. And I'm really just trying to help you. Like I'm really, really yeah. here to support you. But I think, you know, I'm just sometimes not positive enough. And <laughs> no, rah, I hear rah. it. I think we have to be the voice of reason though. And like yeah. just setting appropriate expectations. But I, what I see is that if we're not setting appropriate expectations. You have a lot of young people out there who, when they are falling down or they're failing to meet that goal, that they think it's them. They start personalizing it thinking, well, shoot, you know, I must be the failure because everyone says it's possible. So I do think that, you know, you and I both sort of have this um, sense of care for our younger generation and for all of our peers that are working so hard to launch their businesses. We want people to have these appropriate expectations of themselves so they don't get down, that they realize, you know, there's a lot more to it um, than just popping up the open, getting your domain and, and launching a business. And it takes a lot of resiliency and the ability to, the capacity for discomfort and all those things were, you know, topics we've spoken about a lot. But I don't think that we've really just kind of tackled like, what is this dream? What is this sort of um, the myths that are being perpetuated around overnight success? Um Yeah, that's what I feel is like it's important, right, that we talk about it so that we are all having a lot more grace and compassion for ourselves. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, right? So what I see is that so many people are struggling, and then they wonder why. Like they think something must be wrong with me. They, especially women, they internalize it. They look at, oh, I must be a failure. Oh, I must not be able to be a business owner. Oh, I must not. And so there's all this sort of internal um, doubt and internal punishment really because everyone else makes it look so easy. Everyone else is succeeding. You know, oh, it's so easy for people to make millions of dollars. Why can't I even make a hundred thousand a year? You know, <laughs> like oh, I must be a failure. And I've seen women tank tank their success and tank a great idea and really, really destroy sort of their momentum in moving forward in their business because of those self-doubts. And it's just that they're comparing themselves to illusion. Exactly. Yes. It's that comparison to the illusion that is prevalent in our society today with all of the social media storytelling, you know, and it's great that we have access to one another on such a large scale, but we have to be mindful that things that are being perpetuated, things are being shown. It's not always as easy as it looks. It's not always um, so, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like the, all of the the bells and whistles and the amazingness of it all, like it, it comes with work. And, and this is something I think that has been questioned um, about this generation and the millennial generation, which I think they get kind of an unfair um, rap about this one is the questioning of their work ethic. I don't think that there's like, I mean, there are studies that show they're reporting less of a traditional work ethic, but I think they're developing their own. And 
with millennials, they're very passion driven, you know, it's very value driven. So they're opening businesses, launching businesses based on a value system um, that they believe in. But I feel like we need to bridge the generations a little bit, like passion with skill building, which is something Mm -hmm. that you talk about a lot, Sonia. It's like where, you know, besides education, where's that experience? Is there internships or mentoring or ways in which people are, you know, you're growing and building a skill set? And entrepreneurship definitely is not just one skill. It's a lot of different things that you learn along the way. Um, And it takes time. And I think that's something is just remembering that it takes time. Sometimes the most successful entrepreneurs will tell the story that they've lost in close, you know, opened and closed like three businesses before they did that successful one. Yes. Yes. And I think, you know, too, what we have to look at is, you know, at least in the industries that I'm in, it's it's not even just millennials. Like there is a lot of 40s, but, you know, women in their 40s and their 50s, even in their 60s who are wanting to start businesses and sort of somehow they've caught that wave of illusion or caught that wave of like, oh my gosh, everyone's making so much money, that laptop lifestyle. And, Mm. you know, and, and here's, you know, I love sort of, and literally, I'm not kidding. I've seen comments just this morning, like several comments where people were like, all you need is a laptop and an idea. That was like repeated several times by different people. And I think, you know, what we have to realize is every single person has a laptop and an idea. <laughs> I mean, really? Like, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. who doesn't? I mean, from- And an iPhone and <laughs> yes. an iPad and- <laughs> And lots of opinions and lots of ideas and lots of expertise. I mean, I even ask 14-year-olds, you know, they have a lot of expert opinions. You know, I mean, I think yes. we we have to realize that it takes so much more than that. And I think when we do, when we're prepared for that, when, you know, and this is exactly why I call my program Women in the Arena, when you're prepared for the arena, when you understand what you're about to face, what you're about to navigate, you're so much more effective. You have so much more chance for success. Yes. Yeah. And I'm glad you bring it up. It isn't just um, one generation. It's it's so many, like across the board from 20 to 60 year olds. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're all in this culture in the world of um, entrepreneurship where I've even heard, you know, someone refer to it as like um, this, I forget the, the, well, it was a male colleague and he called it entrepreneurial porn. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I get where you're going with that. What's the female version of that? But like <laughs> that you can't stop looking at things and comparing yourself or like, it's this addiction to, mm. you know, something that's not real, like that's staged and it's very, um, non, um, it's not realistic. And, and, and so we all are subjugated to those constant messages and it causes us to question when we're not able to just flip that idea. We're wondering what's going on. I think also we need to speak to the fact, you know, when you and I first started our entrepreneurship partnership together, I mean, you were even in the game before me, but around that year of 2008 was when you and I started to work together. And, um, that was around the time that online businesses became more of a thing. I mean, we have to remember that was like over 10 years ago. Mm, If you like Marie Forleo, she was right on the dot at the time that it was ready to happen. And now everyone thinks that they can just plug in a formula and they're going to have the same level of success, but the market has changed and it's saturated now with all these different online programs and people have to shift it now we need the next thing that's going to be a little bit different. And maybe that is your laptop and your idea, but you're going to be able to take that much further if you have a realistic expectation of 
of what Marie had to do in order to get to that place, you know, for her business. It wasn't overnight success. Yeah, totally. And I think the key we have to look at is it's just a totally different entry point now. Like, yes, having a laptop starting a business is is in some ways an easy entry, but because the market is so saturated, because people are so much more savvy about marketing, like all of those things really ensure that it's a totally different world you're entering now, even than four years ago. And I think when, when you start to look at that, when you recognize that, when you understand some of the realities around that, you know, and I just did some trends a couple of podcast episodes ago where I talked about some of the recent trends in these industries. But I think, you know, you, there really is some reality that we have to face when we're looking at this and recognize that, yes, you can absolutely have a successful business, but it requires some understanding of what business is. It requires some definite skill building. And I think that, you know, that's the the other thing sort of along this lines of like a laptop and idea is I've been seeing a lot of people who are talking about they're a bit burned out in hiring experts, right? So you've got, you know, sort of this crew that's, a lot of people who've come in and they've hired all these big experts, they paid a lot of money for business coaching or they paid for many things, right? And they didn't get any results. And so there's sort of this burned out feeling. And so then you've got a lot of people coming in who are like, I don't need help. I'll just do it all on my own. I don't want to invest any money. And I think that right there is a real illusion and understanding of business. Like if you talk to anyone who succeeded in business, they will tell you how much money, time, effort that they invested in their business up front. Like you can't, it's not really realistic to have a sustainable business without any investment. Yes. Oh, I think this is so important. And I was just, as you were talking about it, it's like funny how we've kind of swung the other way, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like everybody was like, okay, yes, I'll invest in all the things. And then now, oh, I'm not going to um, pay for anything or ask anybody for help. It's like, we need to find that middle ground. Um, and you know, I, I see this with coworking in the industry. I'm considered one of the original veterans of coworking because I've been at this gig for 11 years now. This is my 11th year. And I see new people opening spaces all the time and they are trying to do it all on their own. And one of my biggest pieces of advice with any industry is that if you have that idea and you're sitting there on your laptop, I want you to pull up Google and I want you to search experts in your industry and find out who is a mentor, who could you go to first and foremost, right off the bat and just be like, look, could I take you to lunch or can I pay your consulting fee? And can I get some information about not your business per se, but I want to know about your experience. I want to know what it's been like uh, for you to launch and what are like the three top tips that you have for somebody basically who was you 20 years ago, whatever, right? It's like, that's the kind of information we should be starting off with. Um, Not just like all of the, okay, who, you know, bought my domain and what social media platforms am I going to use? Like go and find those people that have been in your shoes and then have spent the money and have made the mistakes. And they're more than happy. Most of us, like I love talking to people that are basically my younger self and giving them all the things that I used to, you know, and some of that is I, I give openly and some of it is my consulting fee, but Hey, 
They're yeah. out there. <laughs> pay for it. Out there. I mean, honestly, like pay for it. Like, yeah. you know, I think, I mean, cause the truth is the people who are really good at what they do and they're experts, they're busy. They're really yeah. busy and they don't have time to mentor a lot of people. Like, it's just the way it is. Like we all want to give of ourselves, but when we're super, super busy, we have to pick and choose time. And so be willing to pay to have someone, you know, give you some advice. Like it will save you thousands. It will save you decades. It will save you like, okay, not joking. I have plenty of businesses who come to me and they've been in business 10 years and they've never gotten past that very initial entry level of their business, 10 years. So they've put in huge amounts of investment. And it's not that these women aren't totally amazing, that they're not offering so much expertise and service, that they're not like absolutely awesome, that they haven't put everything into their business. Oftentimes it's just that they have some things that are not right in their foundation or they've been going about their sales the wrong way. Or like sometimes it's really small things, but 10 years of time, money, and effort. Just Let's just talk about the opportunity cost. If they had paid someone 10 years ago to give them advice to improve their foundation, and th- I mean, imagine 10 years worth of like really good income. Like, oh yeah. How much is that worth to you? <laughs> I mean, really? I know, like, I know. And, you know. and I- and I sometimes I feel like the old the parent that's like telling yeah. your kids, you know, like, look, I want to give you all my knowledge, you know, and they're like, I don't care. I'm just going to fall down and figure it out myself. You know, yeah. there's going to be plenty of that. Like, yeah. it doesn't yeah. matter. Even if you have somebody that tells you all these things, you're still going to have your own path. You're still going to oh, fall yeah. down a few times, you know, so don't worry that you, you just want to go out and like figure it all out by yourself. You'll have plenty of that learning, mm. but by going to someone who's already been there and can give you some great, you know, points, whether it's advice or whether it's like really clear strategy on how to, like you said, create those foundations. I just lost so much money off of, you know, trying things that didn't work. And just to know somebody else is like, you know what? I did that over and over and over again, never worked. So just skip that step. Let's just, (laughs) just don't do that. (laughs) Right. Like it's funny because I have people reaching out to me, you know, for other things they've heard me on, like other people's podcast episodes or different things. And they're like, would you do these programs or whatever? I'm like, let me tell you what you don't want to do, or let me tell you who you don't want to go with. You know, there's so much you can gather from people who've already been down that track. And although they're not you and you'll have to tailor your different things and they ha- you have sort of gifts and expertise that no one else has, the truth is, is that those of us who've been in business for a long time in these industries, we know the ins and outs. We're not caught up in the trends or the illusions. We've seen it. We've seen what it takes. We've seen what works and doesn't work. You know, it's not that we're, we're behind the times. You know, I'm right. entrenched in what's happening right now with all of the clients that I've worked with with all the people that I talk to and have conversations with, like I'm fully entrenched in the marketplace right now, but I've seen so much in 20 years that you're able to be able to pull out some of the patterns, those things that you know are fads, those things that you know are long-term sustainable building, skill building. And, you know, and that I think brings us to a good part that I want to kind of discuss as well. So if it's not just a laptop and an idea, what is it? What do we need to make a successful business? Because an idea is definitely not enough. So many people have had ideas and never, ever succeeded. So what are the things and some of the qualities, Laura, that we could talk about that will give people sort of some idea of what they need to have in place that in order to succeed? Yeah. Well, I think one of the number one things that people will say to you when I have an idea, they're like, well, what's your 
business plan? What's your portfolio? Like, let's put that forth. And yes, but I would say get your ideas onto paper and then start taking that to your, the people that you trust, the people that are experts coming back to the mentor thing. Like once you get an idea, know that you don't just, you know, yes, maybe you buy the domain (laughs) right away while you can get it. But then you pause before you do anything else. You start launching all the things like take what you're thinking and go put that in front of some other people that you highly respect. Maybe even ask people to form like a little bit of an advisory board for you and test some of your ideas out. Um, I just think that the planning and the, the getting the idea um, like fully fleshed out, like getting feedback, you know, before you move forward, we can just get in a bubble and we just like, this is the best idea ever. And yeah, yeah, so that's my first piece of advice get that information out to the people that you love and trust and admire and respect (laughs) and ask them to give you some, some information. Yeah. Look, I fully agree. And I think, you know, one of the first pieces you really have to put in place, and this is where I would hire an expert because I see every person struggling with a specific aspect, is that the core foundation of your business is really based on your target market. Like it literally is. It always has been for those of us who've been in business for a long time, for those of us who's been in marketing for even longer, you know, what basically you understand is that everything is based on supply and demand, right? So then you have to make sure there's a demand for your product, for your specific product, not for like coaching in general, because there's too many coaches. I mean, you know, just in my, like, for instance, my industry, there's way more supply than demand. So, you know, you've got everybody vying for, you know, people who are looking for coaches, but people are getting so discerning because there's just an, a, an over flooded marketplace of coaches everywhere. You can like throw a stone and hit a coach, but you know, it's, It's really understanding who your specific target market is. They're your customer. They have needs. They have wants. They have desires. They have to want so badly what you have, you know, so that you know how to customize it to them, how to meet their needs, how to talk to them, how to communicate with them. Really, like, you know, I've talked many, many times and we have lots of podcast episodes in target market, but it's so important and it's such the core foundation. So if you don't know, you have like an absolute spot on aligned and specific target market. That's the first thing you should get an expert to help you do because it dictates every single thing you do with your business. And so what I see a lot as people come, you know, you can see this in Facebook groups or people who come to me or whatever it is. And they talk about how, you know, Hey, I've got a website up. I've, you know, done all this stuff, you know, say, especially in like the e-commerce field or, you know, maybe a product field. They're like, Oh, I've got all this amazing product. I've got my website up. I've done my SEO. I've done all these. Why is no one coming? (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh my God, did you test it out? Did you really talk to your target market? And 90% of the time people say no. Like I just assumed everybody would want this. And Laura and I made that mistake a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah. You know, assuming people would want certain services and investing huge amounts of money in it. And it will, it will kick your bottom. Right. And there's a discernment right there. There's, you may know plenty of people who have a need, but do they also have that need and they're willing to invest in it, in the, in buying the solution, whether it's a service or a product. And I think, you know, both of us, that's the, the, you know, first out of our mouth is like, test your idea. So you need a laptop, you need an idea and you need to know whether people care (laughs) about that idea, whether they're willing to invest, Mm. you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. And the investment piece is so important because, you know, and this is again, when I work with my clients and the women in the arena program on the validation part, because they spend significant time validating because it's such another important piece of being able to have a successful business. When they're doing that process, validation cannot come from a survey or a Facebook post, right? And people do that all the time. They're like, hey, I'm just looking to see who might want my service. And then they put some post or some poll poll, in Facebook. And then they think that that's reality. And so, you know, it takes nothing for someone to say, yeah, that sounds great. Right. Yeah. Like we have that with it. You know, we're talking. Yeah, everyone about. was telling us to open yeah. a co-working space and they would have that had childcare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone was like, that's a great idea. That's amazing. We literally had so many people and that we thought that was testing. Well, there all these people want it. So, yes, let's do it. And you don't realize that then and actually the people who will invest in it. That's another story. It's easy yeah. to click a link on a poll or it's easy to respond and say, yes, that's a great idea. It's another thing to choose to put your money to it. Yes, yes, absolutely. And you know, it's just so interesting too. I've I've definitely have some grand ideas. Um, and I think the world needs it, or I think it's, you know, this really important thing to solve. But if people aren't there yet, if they're not ready to invest in it, then you can have a really amazing idea, but it just doesn't get funded or people don't actually purchase the product or service. And to just give an example, this happens in other industries and other sectors. So like they're in from the world of psychology, I see things that are worth studying and measuring and putting all sorts of money into the research that's never done because guess what? People don't see an ROI. They just don't see like, well, why should we, you know, color psychology, for example, is is one of those fields that everyone knows that colors impact our moods. And we've been using it in design and advertising for years. But do you know how many empirical data you know, you know how many research studies have actually come up with that empirical data that's proven it? Not mm. much. Why? Because people are like, eh, that's good. That's awesome that color impacts our mood, but I'm yeah. going to go and, and actually put money into studying cancer cells, you know? Yeah. So you just have to like understand you may have an amazing idea, but yeah. is it something that society thinks is pertinent right now? And yeah. are they going to put money behind it right now or buy that product or service. And it's not anything personal. Like if you have a brilliant idea, just don't hang your whole life on a business idea that you're determined to fulfill. Cause I've been there too. I've like definitely <laughs> done some of that. Like I know the world needs this. Um, and I mean, even in my co-working space, I've had to let things go. We closed the childcare room because yeah. as much as I knew that working parents needed childcare, they weren't ready. And guess what? Now we have new spaces opening every day in the co-working industry with childcare. And they're actually now starting to work. People are actually yeah. now starting to want to pay. That's 10 years, people. So if I would have hung on to that idea, I would have been out of business years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, almost put us out of business the first few years. Exactly. You know, like, and, and you guys, this is the thing is that it is, it really requires this understanding of how the market works. Like, and I think what happens is that people are coming from a very sort of, um, you know, self-focused perspective, right? They're looking at what they've seen in the world, what they think would be awesome, what, you know, what the world needs from their perspective, but that doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if you come up with the most brilliant idea. One of the challenges is if you have to educate the public, like you have to um, inspire them, motivate them to buy from you, it's going to be a super, super hard battle to ever succeed in business unless you've got like millions of dollars to back you. 
because educating people is just too hard these days because the truth is, is that um, each individual person is so pulled by marketing on every level, by people wanting their money, right? You can't drive anywhere without seeing advertisements about people wanting your money. And so because of that, you have to realize that you are literally competing with every single person charging money, <laughs> the movie theaters, the vacationers, the vacation rental places, the, you know, the big screen TVs, the, the next level of a car, like you are literally competing with all of those places because it is about where people spend their discretionary income. And so it is all about making sure that whatever you're offering is very relevant to the people that you're offering it to. So relevant that they're willing to take that money for the big screen TV and spend it on you. Yes. Yes. And there are a lot of competing things for people to spend their money on. Like, you're oh, yeah, we're all de- we're all dealing with it, right? It's always like this choice. Oh, I don't want to spend it here or yeah, there. What, I mean, you know, I do. Want to buy like, organic mm-hmm. groceries or not? You know, I mean, right. you know, yeah. it's all about value and choice. And so, you know, people will definitely invest, but you have to bring the value. And Mm so, you know, it's not about, sometimes we get it confused with valuing ourselves and we make it like, oh my gosh, are we valuable enough or not? And I think that's the wrong question. All of you are amazingly valuable. All of you have a gift to bring to the world. I think what the question is, is how do we align that value with what their values are? Yes. Yes. So the timing of the market, knowing that ahead of time, so that when you roll out an idea, yeah, like, is this going to land? And are people going to, is it aligned with their values and what they're willing to spend money on? And you don't have to have the entire world. Like that's why niche markets do work for specific things, because those people will do anything to support or buy the thing that you're offering, because that's their value system. And you've got them, you've got those buyers locked in. So, and I think that's even why, and you can speak to this more than I can as um, a background in, in marketing, but it just seems like because we're so overwhelmed by choice right now we are seeking to find the products in the companies that really align with us this is why doing what we initially said which is like put yourself out there and check your target market like find those target that target market specifically um and the ones that are really passionate about something they may be the people that step behind you right away and become your ambassadors. Um, so yeah, so just a little bit more to say that target market can be really powerful if you hit that right on the, the right sweet spot. Yeah, totally. And, and it does need to be incredibly niche now, incredibly specific. Like you cannot succeed with a broad target starting out, like even in your first two years, even, and literally unless you have millions and millions of dollars to actually go after a global market or a large market or a broad market, your business will fail if you don't get super specific. I mean, it is, that's it. That's just like, it's black and white now. It didn't used to be years ago. You could have a broad target market. You could, you know, target women in business as an example. And still so many people are targeting that, but that's the problem. Like everyone's targeting that. And so, you know, everyone's scared to go specific, but there's no other way to succeed in today's marketplace unless you are super specific. And there's a lot of ways to slice target market. And that's why, like I said, you can listen to one of our other podcasts. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, what we said is, so it's not just a laptop, an idea, it's an idea 
that you've put out there, that you have defined a very specific target market for, that you have gone out and tested with a target market and not through a survey and not through a poll, but you literally have had deep and meaningful conversations with your target market so that you've heard their desires, their fears, what they would invest in, what they won't invest in. Like those kind of conversations are so important. But then what we have to talk about is skill building. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And yeah, because, and part of the skill building is going to be the experience of doing the work and knowing it's not going to happen overnight. I think that's the thing is that if I could have known everything that I know now from like (laughs) an educational course, yeah, I would have bought that course, but I know that it had to also be learned. And I think that's the bubble that I want to, you know, that we both, the the illusion that we both want to pop is that it's going to take time. So you've built all these skills. You've gone to school. A lot of people, you know, by the time they become an entrepreneur, they still had had like a degree in, you know, in business and finance or business and marketing and, or design or like completely in my world, I didn't have any business background. I was just coming from the world of psychology and then integrating that into business and learning mm. along the way. So yeah. it is like a badge of honor. I mean, I think you earn your entrepreneurship um, over time and there's not really a quick fix. And maybe we just, I would like that the media <laughs> refrain from continuing to position all these sort of startup wonders and mm. the, you know, the in- unicorn of your industry they're called unicorns because they're rare people. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Like can't all be the unicorn. <laughs> That's right. And like, I think people don't always realize that some of those unicorns had tremendous help. Like they had yeah. huge amounts of resources yes. backing them. They, you know, had ins in places that most people do not have access to. Like, you know, th- this is why we have to sort of get more real. And I think, you know, in return, it's like the skill building piece. You know, nothing like the experiential piece of business has the most learning. It has the most experience, has the most understanding like of, of what we really want, what we don't want, what works for us and what doesn't. I think a lot of people sort of sometimes come into my program and they think, oh, I'm just going to give them all the answers, right? Like, I'm just going to be like, <laughs> yeah. hey, here you go. This will make your business successful. But my program is so experiential because they need to learn for themselves. Like there's a lot I do give and there's a lot of expertise I provide and guidance. But the truth is they have to go out and experience things to know, wow, that didn't work or wow, that doesn't feel good. Or I thought I really wanted to target that market, but I actually don't like them very much. Or, you know, there's all these things or, you know, you hit your first sort of uh, wanting a refund, someone wanting a refund. Wow. That provides tremendous experience, resilience, confidence they gain from having to go through an experience like that. Like the real world and the real experiences we have, they have so much more value than someone telling us what to do and us following it. And we've just lost sight of the benefits of that because that is truly what makes a business successful. Yes. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. So, I mean, you know, obviously we're talking about, you know, some things that I think are missing, right, in the world, because most people, what they talk about after the laptop and the idea is you need marketing, (laughs) right? You You need a pretty Instagram. You need a beautiful website. You know, you need SEO. No, no, no. You know, and, and that comes back to sort of what we were talking about earlier, 
where I hear people say, oh yeah, like investing in a business coach is a luxury, um, mm. but I'll invest, you know, first I need to get my website up. First I need to get all these other things in place. I'm like, no, investing in a coach is the first thing you should do. And a good one, like someone who really knows what they're doing, who's had significant years in your specific industry, but you know, because they're yeah. going to get you into that place where you're going to be able to succeed so much faster. Yes. And I'm going to get in trouble with all the graphic designers out there, but I will tell you, there are so many easy, free website platforms just like to start, just like go throw up one of those inexpensive ones and then go talk to your business coach because she's actually, or he's going to help you understand how to communicate yourself on that platform. Then yeah. you can turn around and go get a graphic designer, a web studio you know, company to do all the the bells and the whistles, but you really can't go crazy on marketing if you haven't gotten clear with your foundations, like you're saying, Sonia, with a business yeah. coach that can help you figure out where you need to start. Um, then you get that information about your target market, how to their pain points and how to create your content to really speak to those people. That's what you need to put on your website. You will not have all that information just from your laptop and that initial idea. That's right. And, you know, it's, I think it's interesting because, you know, obviously my background was advertising and marketing and being in big advertising agencies, like they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to test a message, right? Like there's no, not a copywriter. Cause I was a copywriter. Doesn't just come up with a message and be like, boom, here you go. This is the answer. They have to go out and test and test and test and test and test until they land the message that works until they land the communication that reaches their target market. And the same is true with my clients as they go through my program, they have to go out and they have to test messaging. Like there's no easy path to being successful. Like, and I think that's what we're really talking about and bringing to light is that you know, having a laptop, an idea that, that is just so minimizing what it actually takes because there's so much testing. There's so much, you know, failing and succeeding and like things go well and things go bad. There's so much ups and downs the first few years and sometimes even in the 10th year, you know, and, you know, when we're prepared for that, when we're okay with that, when we recognize, yeah, cool, this is just normal, then we do so much better than when we think, wow, we must really just suck. We, you know, maybe we're just not meant to be entrepreneurs because it should be easy, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. And that's, you know, why this, these messages are so important. This whole podcast, you know, you and I created because we wanted to pull that veil um, away and look behind the curtain and just see like, this is the real deal. Like it's yeah. a beautiful, rewarding place to be, um, to be an entrepreneur. There's so much to learn. And I've become a more um, evolved, insightful person. <laughs> I've become yeah. self, I'm still self-actualizing through my yeah. entrepreneurship. Um, but it, it's not something that I could have done if I would have bought into sort of that overnight success. Um, I would have given up and packed up my bags because I mm. definitely did not find it, you know, after the first <laughs> initial idea popped up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think well, it's, I'm really grateful that we keep talking about these things. Yeah, me too. And I think we were quite lucky because, you know, decades ago, I mean, in the, that there wasn't the solution. Like, and this is what I think some people yeah. who are more new to business, say five years under, five years and under in business, like there is an illusion that you, that you've experienced that we never had. Like, you know, mm. I mean, my dad That's was true. an entrepreneur. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like I knew how hard work it is, man. I watched him struggle. I watched him, you know, succeed and fail both. And, you know, I think when you, when you've seen it, when you grew up with it, when that illusion was never there, cause there wasn't any internet, I didn't have Facebook, there was no social media. You know, I didn't even have my first website till 2010. Yeah. So, you know, before, before all of that, like you knew it was hard work. And so then you just kept going. If you really wanted it, you just kept going. There was no illusion about it. You didn't like, you know, think you were a failure or, you know, struggle. It's like, you just recognize, yep. Okay. Well, I just got to work harder. I just got to try something new. I got to get some help, but it's just a really different world now. And I think we've got to go back to that place where we recognize that, yeah, it's hard work. It's a lot of skill building. It's a lot of effort. And if you're doing it right, it will be easier, but it's still hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. That's such a good point. You're right. Like I forget the context that we even came up in or when we first launched, you didn't have as many of those messages. So we're just here to bring it back. And I also was, um, my dad was an entrepreneur, both my um, sets of grandparents, like entrepreneurship. So there's just a long string of that and seeing how hard they worked set certain expectations. And then I remember when you and I started off, we were like, okay, three years until you're profitable. And then we had, um, a wonderful, um, business coach, you know, she was like, okay, you ladies are doing something innovative. So actually it's five years. Like don't expect to even break even until Mm -hmm. five years because Mm -hmm. you're doing a business model that's really innovative, really different. And so we had different expectations coming in even about what success would look like. And yep. so we are just here to remind everyone now as they're thinking that they got to churn it out and it's got to be, you know, returning profits. And I see that in my co-working group. There's just like, yeah. they're like, oh, I'm not profitable. It's been six months. I was like, oh, I don't know. It took me five years. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but any, yeah. So there's just different, different, different expe- expectations now. Yeah, totally. And I mean, it, it can take long periods of time, especially if you're trying to do it on your own. So I tell people a minimum, if you have a solid foundation, so that's a solid foundation, right? Which 99% of businesses don't have yet. From a solid foundation, it's three years for a stable business. Mm-hmm. Three years from a solid foundation. So if you haven't gotten your solid foundation yet, go out and get some help to find it because you have three years from there. Yeah. And when you're looking at funding, you need to look at how much is your business going to operations for three years and try to go get that funding. Because if you're just like constantly trying to work on that money while you're in it, that's also really hard. So financially, um, yeah, it helps you be much more realistic about what your startup initial costs are. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I think this was a very great conversation. So thank you all for joining us and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Add to the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease. We need more women in power and with the resources to change the world. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, please help us spread the word. You can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who've commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We're so appreciative of your support. Okay, see you next week.